Welcome to the Art of Coaching Podcast, a show aimed at getting to the core of what it takes to change attitudes, behaviors, and outcomes in the weight room, boardroom, classroom, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Brett Bartholomew. I'm a performance coach, keynote speaker, and the author of the book, Conscious Coaching. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student interested in all aspects of human behavior and communication. I want to thank you for joining me. And now let's dive into today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Art of Coaching podcast. This is the Century episode, episode 100, and I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you being a part of this, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what it's about quite yet because I do want to tell you that we did do something special for you guys with it being our 100th episode, and this is just for you guys. So right now, if you go to artofcoaching.com, you can get 20% off any of my online courses that is bought in or valued for 20% off, once again, by entering the coupon code CENTURY20. That is CENTURY20. And it is just lowercase. There's nothing crazy about it. Century 20 will get you 20% off any of our online courses. And this lasts through July 15th, 2020. Now, let me run you down some of these scenarios. Here's what always happens when we do these one-off kind of exclusive things. July 16th comes. July 17th. Something else. And somebody says, oh, hey, you know, I, I heard your episode and, you know, I wanted to do it, but then I didn't get there. And, you know, can you rewind the clock? No, this is not something that we have some massive staff that just sits here, you know, with our fingers together, coming up with plots and ways to make you mad. I'm telling you what the majority of people do is they hear this and they're like, no way, 20% off. I'm going to do it right now. And then they don't, and then they miss it. And then they get mad because they miss the date. So literally tell July 15th, 20% off any of our online courses bought in or valued. Both of them are CEU approved. Both of them are at feature content. You're not going to get on my Instagram. You're not going to get on the podcast, anything like that. There's step-by-step guides bought in with communication, uh, influence tactics, building buy-in. It is literally a sequel, a more in-depth sequel to my book, Conscious Coaching. Valued is your professional guide to becoming a coach of any kind, really. All right. So again, Century 20, July 15th, bought in and valued. All right. Now to the episode. Now, a lot of thought went into what we were going to do this on. I went back and forth. We asked our podcast community. We had a lot of great suggestions. We had some people that were like, all right, how about you know where buy-in is now compared to where it started? How about a best of episode? How about somebody interviews you? And I'm like, no, nobody wants to hear more of me. They've heard me on other podcasts, what have you. So what we decided to do is bring it all into the family. And I wanted to bring my wife, Liz, to the show. Liz, say hello. (laughs) Hello. So Liz was incredibly nervous about this. Um, If any of you know Liz, Liz is uh, a a very unique counterpart to me where (laughs) she is so likable, so lovable. Everybody gets along with Liz and somehow she has a way of turning people against me. Everybody, you know, Liz will convince people like she's always right about everything. Liz, what were you so nervous about coming on the show for? Uh, I... You are the communication guy. I'm more the behind the scenes person. Behind the scenes person <laughs> in what regard? Um, 
I I don't I like to focus on how everything's working and making sure things are checking boxes, making sure things are getting done. I'm not necessarily the put on the show person. Oh, and I'm the put on the show person. Well, no, not okay. See, what, this is why I don't I, like. This. What, what, what show am I putting on? No, you're in the hot no, spot now. No, not putting on the show. You're a speaker. You get in front of hundreds of people and you give speeches. You co- you're coaching, um, and for a long time. I, I mean, I guess I've been coaching before too. Yeah, what but. Liz isn't telling you guys is Liz was a strength coach. She was a strength coach at the University of Nebraska uh, as a volunteer. She was a student volunteer in the dietetic side of things, worked with the volleyball team. We met when I was down in Pensacola, Florida, working for Athletes Performance. And then when I moved to Phoenix, Liz was still strength in the strength and conditioning side. She worked part-time for Athletes Performance. She worked part-time as a personal trainer, also waited tables, held down three jobs while we were still dating. Uh, so I think you're fairly personable and gregarious yourself. Sure. Sure. All right. So this is Liz and I. It is a Friday night. Our in-laws are in town and we're actually recording this in my closet because, again, if the baby wakes up, it's, it's hectic. But we want to have her on the show because a lot of one of the, the things we want to talk about is, one, let you guys in a little bit. You know, I'm a pretty private person. I know I share a lot of content, but, you know, there's a certain side of me, you know, the, the public's not going to see. And, and that's not because I have anything to hide. That's just because this is my family and, and many of you can relate to this. But on the other hand, you know, we felt that it would help a lot of people if, if we talked about some of the realities of what it's like owning a business during this time, working together. For those of you that don't know, uh, Liz left her job pre-coronavirus, and I hired her on. So great timing, yeah, great, yeah, <laughs> great timing. So Liz is our, you know, she she helps a lot of different things. She's our project manager with Art of Coaching. Which, if you just listen to the podcast or on Instagram, you may not know everything we do. But we have a newsletter, we have online courses, live events. What else do we have, Liz? Uh, we have our mentoring. We have our mentoring program, absolutely, one-on-one and group. And what else? Uh, just all the th- resources that we offer online, um, like the reading list. And then we've been working on some new stuff that's going to be coming out soon. And so. what was it like, you know, we we obviously heard a lot of warnings. Don't don't work together as a couple. Don't do and especially two people that didn't have a business background. We're both former strength coaches and current strength coaches, right? But that used to be all we did. You know what? What were some things when you talked to people or read? Like what were some some things that you were nervous about coming into this? Um, I mean, yeah, you always hear like, oh, don't work with family and all those things. Um, so, and you are a very strong personality, but I, that's also what I love about you and why I wanted to work with you is because I saw all the things that you were doing and how hard you were working. And, you know, going back four years ago when you said, okay, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to write this book and we're going to do this. Like I never was scared because I always knew you had a vision and you always have a million ideas, which is what I love about you and sometimes I hate about you because you have... Hate, that's a strong word. <laughs> I hope you guys heard that. Hate about you. Not hate about you, but what drives me crazy, especially as your now project manager, is because trying to keep up with all your ideas and implementing everything. So when you say, what all do we have? There's We're always working on a million things, I feel like. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I think, even with... You know, deciding to quit my job and doing all this with coronavirus and no daycare with a six-month-old, I still feel like we're making progress and we're getting a system put into place as we just hired 
someone else on and we have your awesome assistant Jordan that we're working with. Um, so yeah, despite all that, it, it can be good working with your spouse. Yeah. And I think, I mean, listen guys, we'd be lying if we said it hasn't been challenging in many regards. Again, <laughs> yeah. nobody's taught us how to do it. We have friends that inspire us like, uh, my friend Danny and Ashley Matei and, and Danny was a big, you know, he talked us into it. And I remember talking to Kelly Surrett and, you know, who obviously works with his wife. And, uh, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, I obviously know the reasons why we shouldn't. Tell us why we should. And I remember Kelly said, you know, who's going to care about your business more than you? And that was right, right? Like we're trying to, a lot of art of coaching started with, it really bugged me how strength coaches weren't really seen as professionals in the same way so many other fields were, right? We were just still kind of looked at as this accessory, this nice thing to have. Like, yeah, this cool job, you get to work with all these athletes or what have you. But when I'd go speak for other companies or corporations, they had no idea what we did and we're expendable. And I remember I really wanted to make uh show the world that strength coaches, there was more to us than just weight room people. And then this evolved, right? We started teaching communication and psychology and working with businesses in the military. You've had to do a lot of things at home alone when I'm gone. I mean, guys, there was one time we had just moved to, um, we had just moved to Atlanta from LA and I was in China and I think I was there. What was I there for a week or two? Yeah, at least two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. And Liz, you know, we managed to get some kind of connection. I don't remember how because there's just, you know, you have to use a VPN and 30 other things even communicate on that side. And she's like, oh, by the way, we have to move. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. And and like, you know, so we had to move. We, We were renting a house at the time trying to get a lay of the land. I'm supposed to be teaching, you know, a certain amount of things over in China. Somehow that doubled uh, as they do have a, they way, have a way of things of doing in China. It's like, you're there to give three lectures. Oh, now it's six. Now it's, you know, now it's 12. And then we get home and instead of just hanging out, it's, oh, now we've got to find a place to live. You know, what has that been like during the times when I'm gone? You know, all these folks listening obviously have things that they can relate to on their own, but you know, how have you handled that? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of going back to what I was saying when you said four years ago, I'm going to do my own business and write this book and I've, you know, I've always kind of been helping you. And when you're married to an entrepreneur, that's just, it's a family business. And so, um, and we've seen with having to move, how many times have we moved now? I can't I know, 12. <laughs> it's a lot. 15. And, and just, I've, I know all the things that we've been through. And so, you know, with all that, I knew we could figure out how to run a business together and yeah. make that work. I so. remember that was one thing that troubled me one time when I went in. My wife and I always have a rule that, uh, you know, we'll always take an interview because we believe in, you know, just personal growth and going through these processes. And so, you know, I remember I took an interview and uh, an individual goes, you know, you've moved a lot. And I, I told Liz about this. I don't know if you remember me telling you and I go, I just thought that was really silly because, you know, I basically moved and, and you've kind of followed the same path. You went somewhere for undergrad. I went somewhere for grad school. You moved for internships. Um, you know, then I, you got a promotion or go somewhere else. And then, you know, we did take one job, uh, a new job after I had been somewhere for six years and you were with me in Phoenix for four. And then we decided to go out on our own. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I mean, we're, we were in our twenties at the time. Yeah. You're going to move and go to college and do these things. But, you know, taking risks is a part of any relationship, whether it's work or a marriage. Absolutely. What's been your overall attitude towards some of the risks that we've had to take together compared to where we were when we first met, where it was like, Hey, I'm a strength coach and maybe I'll coach in the NFL or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that. And here we are now employing people during a pandemic. 
how has that changed your attitude on risk and what impact do you feel like it's had on our marriage? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's funny because I'm I feel like I'm very pragmatic and I always try to look at things and, you know, is this going to work and how are we going to make this happen? But at the same time, I'm also somewhat overly optimistic a lot of times. All the time. <laughs> if our friend John Christie is listening right now, John is laughing his butt off because he knows you You can, Liz is like a walking uh, <laughs> affirmation. We can do it. Awesome. Like, it's like that little girl in the mirror that's like, I love my kids. I love my horse. You know, where did that come from in your life? Um, and I mean, I guess my family, you know, just always joking around and um, they all work hard and have a million things that they're always doing. And, you know, just this week, my parents are here helping us with the baby, but then they're out. My dad logged like 30,000 steps, just like helping with the yard and doing all this stuff. So, is, I mean, it's good. It's a blessing. Cause we don't, I mean, for those of you that don't know, we don't get that help often, you know, mm-hmm. and we have friends that they have their in-laws nearby and whatever. And that's a choice that we made. So we've had to lean on each other. Now there's obviously, you already mentioned, I'm a strong personality and I'm challenging. <laughs> you really, you really gave the audience a lot of my enduring traits. You know, what are the things that I also talked about all your great ideas? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> what are some of the things that you've had to deal with from a communication standpoint, I mean, admit to the audience, you, you've, you've said before, communication isn't always your strongest suit in some things. Correct. And I'm a bit obsessive about it. It's obviously the focus <laughs> of a lot of my studies based on my live events or mm-hmm. my live events, my life events and my life events, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how have you grown as a communicator or how have you had to challenge yourself as a communicator just within our marriage? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I feel like, you know, before, I would always just, you know, this is the way I communicate. And if someone else doesn't get it, that's their problem or, you know, they they couldn't figure it out. And, you know, when you're married, you can't just say, oh, well, this is the way I communicate or really in any partnership, right? You can't just say, this is the only way I'm going to communicate. And if they can't figure it out, then tough, then it's not going to work. Um, and so we've, you've been really good at challenging me. Okay. What are you saying? Or how, how can we say this differently? Or what are we talking about here? And just reframing and finding different ways to communicate, really learning how we communicate, what drives us, um, what's behind what we want to do and our goals, um, and really figuring that out in the best way to communicate with each other. And do you feel like with the jobs that you've taken outside of, you know, strength and conditioning with your experience there Mm -hmm. or in the nutrition space and what have you, what do you think those experiences taught you in different professional realms that you feel like, you know, so much of the strength and conditioning world or the the world that we came from originally still has yet to learn? Because obviously you hear my pain points, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've had an off and on love affair with our profession, right? There's moments where I, I remember talking to Donnell and, and Donnell Boucher, who's, you know, awesome friends. He gets along with you. You guys are basically drinking buddies. Um, at least the last time we were in Charleston. And I remember Donnell told me, you know, I, I quit trying to save our field. And that was something that I think was heartbreaking for me to realize, you know, you start off and I feel like, not that I wanted to save it. I'm certainly nobody to save strength and conditioning, but I knew I, I didn't like the way strength coaches were really looked at in the public eye. And I felt like we didn't get a lot of the respect we should get as professionals. And, but then we do it to ourselves and you've seen me lose my mind on that too, right? Like you've been with me when we put $25,000 on a credit card and say, Hey, here's, we're going to build a course to help people learn how to communicate better. Or, uh, I, man, we learned a lot 
lot of hard lessons in LA and otherwise on, on business front. Let's put together a course that teaches people how to save all the, the time, tears and heartache that comes with that. And then you've seen my frustration when people say, at least at first, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to learn more about cleans. Right. What do you think? Cause you've heard me whine about it. Ron McKeefe rewind about so many other people like what do you feel gets to, does any of this get to you as somebody that once identified as a strength coach and now like what do you feel yeah I think you know as coming up in strength and conditioning and you know it's always about like doing the internships and just being in strength and conditioning and they really don't it doesn't seem like people value learning from other areas like um well, they do but they just how they learn is I'm, like reading I mean, a book i mean like they look down upon so there wasn't any jobs available in strength and conditioning and i had to go get a personal training job most strength coaches would be like no i'm not going to do that um but i learned so much from other personal trainers and just how they had to sell and the clientele that I worked with. I had such a wide range of different people. Um, and then going to more of a medical setting, I learned a lot from the doctors that I worked with. I was still in nutrition and exercise, but, um, and even, you know, from waiting tables, like you said, to just all these different jobs are going to help make you a better person, learn more about yourself, but also make you a better coach because you're just going to have that versatility. And so just thinking, oh, I just need to keep my head down and work harder and do more internships. That's not always the answer. And so I think that's where I see a lot of the frustration is people just like you've talked about learning from um, the music industry and things like that. You can yeah. always pull from different places. And I think that's somewhere that people could relate to you a lot. I mean, we've had a lot of excellent people on the show and a lot of females in the profession and in every profession, right? That was something that we both really wanted to do because we felt like there was just not a sounding board for that. And you having been a female that, you know, really started off in one of the top tier division one universities, right. And then had a really good internship at a high level private sector. You'd almost think you're a shoe in for anything, but like you said, how long did you bounce around? I mean, there was one time where you were working at athletes performance part-time, basically on call. And then you were also waking up at like almost 3am to do your lifetime fitness job. And then was that when you were waiting tables or, yeah, it's hard to remember between all the I mean, even when so when I was interning at Nebraska, I had waitressing jobs and uh, worked at a golf course during the summer. And so, yeah, there's always been multiple jobs, but um, just balancing all that. Yeah, that was right after college. I all I could get after applying to all these places was just a part time job. And so I had three different part-time jobs just to figure it out. And even after that, I think I was still part-time for um, a year or maybe more. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to figure out something else and went and did the personal training stuff for a while full-time. Yeah. And I think, you know, people, it's scary when people take that and they're like, well, I shouldn't even try or it's hopeless. And it's like, that's not what anybody's saying. We're saying you got to expand your skill set. And continue to grow what you did on the medical side. And then we both learned on the business side, yep. you know, now working on the medical side and I obviously it's protected by HIPAA. So I'm not asking you to name names, but you had to deal with a lot of people that were hot tempered angry, no different than people deal with athletes that are, are, they struggle to get buy-in with no different than any profession, right? There's difficult people in the world. And sometimes those difficult people are us. What, what do you think that job taught you on the medical side most in terms of, all right, I got to take a step back. This is all virtual, which is super relevant now, right? You were talking to most of these people on Zoom or the phone or mm -hmm. what have you. How did that adapt 
the way you, you communicated as opposed to when you were at Nebraska and you're face-to-face with volleyball and what have you. Yeah, I mean, anytime you work with a client or a patient, um, you know, you, there's that level of respect there and you want to make sure you're doing things right. And um, when I started working at this doctor's office, we had just moved to Beverly Hills and being from Papillion, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. And me from Omaha, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, Beverly Hills. I started watching. And like, guys, it wasn't that. It, listen, we were in an 800 square foot apartment yeah. with all of our stuff crammed into a closet pretty much. It was just where the job was. And so this was what I found. And it ended up being a great job opportunity. But I was just like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Is this going to be like, the? am I going to be meeting with people like the Kardashians? What are these people going to be like? And um, so just nervous. And like you've talked about before, I started questioning like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? Do I really know my stuff well enough? And so then you get into those situations and you learn, you know, no matter who the patient client is, if you're willing to listen and actually hear what they're saying and what they're struggling with, you can work through that. Um, you, you don't have to whip out a bunch of BS and try and sound super smart. And um, you just have to listen and figure out what steps are going to work best for that person um, and go from there. So. Yeah, kind of like how you have to deal with me. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Meaning like the days where I lose my mind, oh. <laughs> where I think I did something that was super helpful. And then, you know, we wait kind of to see the response on it. And I mean, guys, Liz, you know, we were talking about her affirmations and one area that she's been super helpful in my life in particular is, you know, there's so many of you that are so supportive. And I would say the tide, you know, really has started to turn, especially the last two years where people are really understanding the role of communication and, you know, strength coaches really starting to evolve and expand into professionals as opposed to uniformly defining themselves as a strength coach. Right. But I mean, this is four years in the making. And so Liz would see me a lot of times where we would put out something and we think it would be really helpful. And then inevitably, all my inbox would be again is what exercises are best? What book should I read? And I would just lose it. And she'd be like, you're focusing way too much on the one or 2% that are just always going to be stuck in that, you know? And I think somebody said it on social media the other day. They said, the reality is, is nobody ever wants to be told that they now know enough about a certain area because we feel like we can always learn, which you can, right? Yeah. You never know. But there are certain areas where you got to know, all right, that bucket, now we at least need to diversify, mm-hmm. right? Like you can only invest so much in stocks or real estate where you know, just based on the ebbs and flows of life, You've got to put some money somewhere else, an emergency fund or retirement. Yet coaches just, it's like chess, like they have to put it all in the training bucket, in the movement bucket, in this bucket. And so that's one area where I think you really helped me grow is I would get so competitive with myself and be so frustrated if I felt like I wasn't making a positive change fast enough because I'd put everything behind it. Where do you feel like is an area I've made you grow? One that was especially uncomfortable maybe even where you kind of fought. And I don't know this. This isn't a leading question, you know, and so give her, give her a break guys. This is her first podcast. We're not scripting it. Um, she wanted to be honest. She wanted to. And my bulleted out. Yeah. She I had a bulleted out thing. I said, uh-uh, meet me in the closet, 10 PM Friday night. It's getting weird. That sounds dirty. That sounds dirty. Um, but where's an area that I've made you grow uh, that has really challenged you, but you feel like, all right, I'm evolving here. 
I mean, from the day we met, I knew you were going to be someone that pushed me and challenged. <laughs> That's like the nicest thing she's ever said to me, by the way. This woman, I'll say, hey, can we spend some time together? And we're both very independent types. That's why, the, I mean, that's why this works, right? Like if I'm gone two weeks, it's not like that we have to check in with. Right. Yeah. We don't have to check in every five seconds. Um, but at the same time, we, we are both trying to be better about a certain time of night or just a certain time like, hey, we're watching a show together or we're doing something. Uh, but there are sometimes even where I'll say, hey, we got to do this. And she go, no. You know, so that literally was one of the nicest things she said. But go ahead and finish that thought. Uh, well, another funny story on that that uh, your our Phoenix friends would appreciate is, you know, Brett, like I said, always has all these ideas and goals. And Liz, you should do this with me. I'm going to track my workouts for the next month or year or whatever it was. I don't think that's right. <laughs> Something. You're always, Liz, you should do this with me. And uh, one time with our friends, I said, Brett, your goals are not my goals. <laughs> that pissed me off. Because this was like during the phase where I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna read this many books and I'm going to have a podcast going every time I walk the dog. And I was probably a little obsessive compulsive about it. And that's that was one jump I know I made in my professional development is when I just quit taking in information nonstop and started being like, all right, dude, what do you really know? And then sharing more, right? But again, carefree, loving Liz. Now you don't get a hide now because as the project <laughs> manager, you better have that staff I roundup. Set the goal. Right. She's got to have the staff roundup mail, email done Friday, which I don't think she's done yet. Um, <laughs> Monday, the priorities. There's so many things. And I said, hey, you've got to be a little bit type A. And she goes, I'm type A. Meanwhile, if I can't find her, all I got to do is look outside in the backyard and she's sitting in the grass, Indian style, you know, with our baby, just like enjoying the day. And I'm like, there is shit to do. Let's go. So, uh, you know, what, what do you think something else is, has really pushed you now that we work together and it hasn't been that long, right? What is something that you feel like you, your, my goals are not your goals in some respects. I get that. But where is an area where you're like, all right, I know I really need to push this a little bit more. Um, I mean, just always learning and that's, um, something that you're great at, you know, no matter if it's something you're necessarily super interested in or not, you're always wanting to learn more or figure out how to do things. Um, and so, you know, running a business, there's a lot of things that we have to figure out constantly. And so just being better about that and always seeking out the answers and solutions. Um, I mean... I feel like, yeah, I, I'm trying that's to. A, I mean, that's fine. Here's a, here's a soft toss question for you. What do you think is something that would surprise our listeners or our community that they may not really know about either art of coaching or me? Um, I just, I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear how long you were doing all of this by yourself. Um, I mean, really, you've had... A couple people help you here and there, but most of it from the podcast to the book to, you know, your speaking stuff, that's been all you handling all that, emailing people, social media, it's all you. Should we tell them the really embarrassing thing about the fake assistant early on? <laughs> that, oh. that was a phase. All right. You guys are going to get an exclusive here. So, and this was early, early, early on. So I had gotten to a point where we needed help. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for any point in time, you know, I'm allergic to email. 
I just, we get bombarded through a lot of different mediums, right? So this isn't like, uh, this is no kind of humble brag at all, but you know, you'll get hit when you have to kind of be out there, um, in terms of, you know, putting your stuff into the world, we'll get hit on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and email and this, and everybody has an expectancy to get back. And, and I've noticed there's a lot of people that listen that have gotten so much better at it. There are many of you that have reached out on Instagram that are like, Hey, I, I know you got a ton of messages or what have you. And I just, you know, uh, way more respectful than they used. I mean, you saw some of these messages right mm-hmm. in the past. You saw, Hey bro, give me this now. Um, but anyway, you know, we had tried hiring through the advice of a friend an executive assistant or outsourcing it. It didn't work well. You know, we had one that stole from us, one that was just not a, a not a fit. And uh, I, this stuff was scary, you know, because many of these people were paying 20 to $25 an hour. And we didn't really know at any day conscious coaching could quit selling. We didn't have any courses at the time. We had an audience that, I mean, again, strength and conditioning coaches typically is periods of time where if something's not free or $30 or, you know, whatever, they're not going to buy it because it's just a field that expects so much for free. Um, and again, that goes to the professional side. But, you know, one thing that was uncomfortable for me is we would have people that would reach out for speaking engagements. And I wasn't always comfortable having that financial conversation. You know, there needed to be distance there because there were times where you'd quote somebody that would want you out there for three, four, five days. And, you know, I wasn't really refined yet on knowing how to, my worth, how to determine that, how to do this. And I didn't want there to be bad blood. I was probably just too sensitive and too soft and not educated enough on it. So I was like, we need an intermediary and we couldn't find good help. So I developed uh, somebody named Amber and Amber (laughs) was... (laughs) I don't know why we chose Amber. I don't know. But Amber was, um, and some of my friends listening to this are going to be like, you MFR. <laughs> um, but Amber was this intermediary that, you know, if somebody needed to have a financial discussion or a quote or this and that, that's who would Amber. respond. Yeah. It's like Eminem, Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers. Well, Amber handled those emails. And you know what? I always felt a little bit of warmth when somebody would say, Amber's great to talk to. And I go, well, now, you know, we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have Jordan. Um, And this is an example of something that could sound devious and Machiavellian. But I'll tell you what wasn't Machiavellian is us. Remember that we're worried is the 4th of July. We're trying to enjoy a family vacation. And we realized that somebody that was, you know, work contracted through us was lying on a Mm timesheet. And like you couldn't enjoy things because you just felt like you couldn't trust anybody. And all of you know what that feels like to some degree, or some of you do, when you're trying to give your all to a group of people, but then you're watching your back because nobody seems to do it for you. And then you're a young family. I mean, we didn't have a kid at a time, but it was scary, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, that stuff we definitely did up, up really until this year and part of last year with the course team, it was all on us. Do you feel like that aged you? As my wife. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just thinking about at the beginning how we were saying, oh, yeah, you can do this. You can work with your spouse. And like you said, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not like we're just skipping through this. She like, quotes Maroon 5. <laughs> uh, isn't that Rocky? It's not always rainbows and butterflies. Oh, it's so compromise. What's Rocky say? Sunshine I mean, I think rainbows. sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> how much you can get here. We shouldn't do that because we met Sylvester Stallone in L.A. and he's super nice. Yeah. So, no, uh, I always 
always used to watch that YouTube clip of that <laughs> get me pumped up. Yeah, Alexa, it's my alarm clock in the morning. You know, Corey Van Wyke's is the Avengers theme song. By the way, pro tip: if you do have an Alexa, you can tell it what you want to wake up to. So you can just say, Alexa, set my alarm to six a.m. to Gangsters Paradise by Coolio. And this thing, I didn't know this until recently. And some people are like, "Man, Alexa spies on me!" Like. If Alexa hears things in our household, it is terrified, <laughs> especially on date night, terrified. But I mean, talk to, go back to how this aged you. Oh yeah. So, um, now I got to remember. Rainbows what and I butterflies, was... <laughs> stressful. We were yeah, trying to figure that uh, out. So like you were talking about when we started hiring people, you know, like I said before, it was all you. And so then the fact that you're going to take all this stuff that you've built and start paying someone else and bring them into your ecosystem and sharing the, you know sensitive information with them and trusting a lot of sensitive information yeah and trusting these people it's it's scary and just um you know again owning your own business never knowing if you're going to um, if things are going to continue selling and how the strength gonna... coach is demonizing us for it right like yeah. feeling like some of our old friends felt like just because now we wanted to put stuff out there that, oh, you're not a strength coach anymore. Mm -hmm. And that that is something that almost always that made me feel good, though, because even when we started speaking or we more speaking and what have you, you would see me leave in the morning and whether it's a Honda Accord or whatever and a stuff full of equipment and go coach people in any setting, yeah. you know, and we had to do it during COVID, too. And so I think there were things that we wish we always could have told people and been like, hey, you know, while you're sitting there kind of acting like we're sellouts, we're actually selling out in a different form, right? Like we're doing the podcast of courses. We're a single income family now with a yeah. business that employs people. And I'm still packing up a car and through the grace of some folks that let us use their facilities or us being able to do it in the garage, we're still coaching. And I think that's the thing that you and I both wanted to get out to coaches is like, you can do this, right? Just like a good friend of ours, Dr. Chris O'Grady at the Andrews Institute is a surgeon, but he also gives lectures and he also, I mean, there's so many other people that did. And there were a lot of times where I just felt lonely, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm used to that having been hospitalized. And there are a lot of times in my life where I just felt like, you're not really being a huge drinker and don't worry guys, if you're listening to this, that's no, that's not like a moral thing. So if you're ever around me, you don't have to feel weird about that. A lot of it has to do with just liver damage that I had when hospitalized, my body doesn't tolerate it well. So I'll drink wine, but, um, you know, it usually pains me, but the point is, is there was always something that made me different that I kind of ended up alone. And I felt like when we were in strength and conditioning, that didn't happen anymore, right? You have this tight knit community, mm -hmm. but then you and I did what so many strength coaches say, follow your values, follow this. We went out on our own and there were times where it was just pretty much you and me, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And, uh, there were also times where it was, I, I felt stuck because we, I'd be traveling and I'd want you to have an experience with me where it felt like maybe there was a breakthrough or maybe we had inspired some people. And, you know, for every time I gave one lecture on the art of coaching, there were a million coaches giving something on something sexy training wise. Um, and I, I almost couldn't share that with anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, did you ever sense that? Yeah, I think um, you're, you're always fighting that battle of you still kind of want to please everybody and then that pleases nobody. And so you just want to feel loyal. Yeah. And so it's weird when you feel like you're trying to do something. I mean, it happens in marriage too, right? Like mm -hmm. you feel like you're trying to do the right thing and then the other person or a group of people may not perceive it as the right thing. 
And it's, it's a love language, mm-hmm. right? And I think that we have a field in strength and conditioning that doesn't really know itself yet. I think that, you know, it's this field that shot out of a cannon and the you know, and only really around 60 years old, people identified with one thing and they kept going and they haven't really seen a lot of people that have done that and also became something else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I uh, think one thing is, you know, there's nothing wrong with if you're a coach and you really enjoy just want to do coaching, that. yeah, but, 100%. but the thing that, you know, you can always do is there's always, like you said, there's always room to improve, whether that's your communication or how you're connecting with your athletes um, and whether that's okay, you're coaching, but you want to branch out more and do a podcast. Like there's, yeah. there's always different ways that you can grow and improve. Yeah. And we've talked, we've talked about that too. I mean, there, mm-hmm. Liz and I are both people that we could just be coaching right now. Now we'd still want to grow in other ways, right? right? I wouldn't quit doing the podcast or what have you, but it's Mm -hmm. not like we have to be doing a million things. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, and, and if you guys are listening, you're part of our community that, you know, whether you just are, you know, doing one thing and that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. We're just saying that, you know, there's also ways to grow within that and expand it Mm -hmm. just like there is a marriage, just like there is a business, right? Like I, I, I would feel like I'm not doing my job as a husband, if I just woke up and I had a certain routine every day, right? Now, there are some people that love that, and they talk about for 40, 50 years they've been married, and every Sunday they do this, and every Sunday, and that's great too. But I also feel like we're both people that like adventures, mm-hmm. right? We're not big material people. We have certain things that make us happy, and, and but they're still pragmatic, right? Um, we're experienced people. Has there been an experience during the course of this, the art of coaching thing, whether it's travel, whether it's a certain undertaking, whether it's a certain risk that was particularly memorable to you that when that seven month, six and a half month little baby boy in the mm-hmm. other room sleeping right now grows up that you'll tell him is one of your favorites? Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I am really enjoying, um, you know, we haven't been able to do them lately with COVID, but I think the apprenticeships are really great and I'm excited for us to get back to those. Because... Tell people that don't know what those are, what those are, just because there might be some first time listeners. So imagine um, a communication workshop where you're not just sitting there listening to PowerPoint slides. Um, you're actually getting up and interacting and being thrown into situations where you have to figure out what to say and how to communicate with different types of people. Um, it's, it's improv, but for, um, it's not just coaches. It can, we've had several different professions. That's it. Coaches actually make up the minority of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just love it. I think people are really enjoying it and gaining a lot from it. You know, that's the thing that people always talk about when they go to a conference is, Oh, well, I maybe got one or two things that I can actually take home and apply. The apprenticeship is like, you're overwhelmed it's with overwhelming the amount of too. things that you need to want to work on and um, things that you feel like you could improve on and things like that. So um, the apprenticeship, I'm really excited about watching that continue to grow. Um, the mentoring program that we have, the coalition, um, it's like a small little family that we've built. And I think that's been a great program. Um, and then just, yeah, just working on working in and building the system with our business now that we have we have a small team with me and Corey and your assistant Jordan it's it's fun trying to build a system that's going to work and help us continue to grow yeah it's a good point and here's something I'm going to give you some dirt on Liz because she was talking about so we were talking about memories one of my memories favorite memories is Portugal 
um, being able to go and, and do a workshop out there with David Joyce and Matt Jordan and so many of our friends. And, you know, you guys heard me earlier talk about how, you know, I'm not a big drinker. And again, not some moral thing. So you do not have to feel weird if you're around me and I don't have. Well, people do. You see it. Yes, people yeah. are always like, oh, health guy can't have a beer. And I'm like, eh, no, what's a health reason? But Liz over here will get down and there's proof of that with none other than Dan Baker's wife oh, Sersha. It's like where is this so, going? So yeah, you know where this is going now. So anybody that's in the strength and conditioning realm and even if you're not, you know that when you go to conferences there's this person who is always the life of the party and in most cases with Dan Baker our our Australian friend Dan who is an esteemed right PhD and strength coach but also just I mean He's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go into some of the tank tops and, and things that he says, but he's got a wife named Sersha, and she is a lovely person. And, you know, I'll usually pack it in some night. I'll just be like, all right, like I'm getting ready because I know I have to speak the next day and I don't want to suck. And so one time I wake up and it's hot as hell in this place that we're staying at in Portugal. And I'm a bad sleeper anyway. 1 a.m. Liz isn't back. 2 a.m. And the last thing I remember is her and Dan were going to stop by and like, you know, just say hi to some attendees and whatever and hang out. 3 a.m., nothing. 3.30 in the morning, Liz <laughs> saunters in not long after Dan. And I go, what were you doing? Okay, wait. It wasn't just me and Dan. It was me, Dan, and Sersha. Right, but who was the instigator? Out with a group of people that were all at the conference. Yeah, but Sersha and Dan we're... bring out the devil in you. And it's great. <laughs> it's great. I can't even do it. And Sersha has you singing Zoom Golly Golly, which oh. I don't even know what this means. <laughs> but Liz will get down, you know? And so I just remember I'm like, Am I married to a frat kid? You know, but you know, then the next day I'll wake up and somehow I'm still tired and Liz is fine. Liz is fine. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm, you know, and I'm like trying to figure out how to like wake up, whatever. Liz is ready to go rocking and rearing. And I'm just like, all right, I got nothing. But anytime we're with Dan and Sersha or even Matt Jordan. And then the next day, Sersha is like deadlifting 250 Yeah, Dan. Pounds. Yeah, right. You know, and somehow I PR'd with Dan. You know, we don't sound like meatheads at all. Uh, but there is a dirty dozen group, whether it's David Joyce, Matt Jordan, Sersha, Dan, there's a group of them, uh, you know, that are just a blast. And anytime we have a chance to go to Australia, I feel like that's our second yeah, home. We'll see when we can make it overseas yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. All right. So now let's think about this, right? And, and we don't want to bore people with too many more of our bad stuff stories. But, you know, you're in this new role. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Nothing's guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. You and I both know how much money's in the bank. We also know that we have uh, a community that's growing and you got to play the long game, right? You can start looking at that and be like, should we hire this person, right? We're taking a real risk and that can put a strain on a marriage, you know? And, and so you think about where might this go five years, 10 years now, where do you see art of coaching ultimately going? What makes you stick around even when you know Right. We've, we've had to transparently, we had to apply for the PPP loan, mm -hmm. right? Just like any business where we rely on people and, and we give all these things away for free and we want to, and we want to keep investing in people like Corey and Jordan and what have you. You see us making this? See us making, making it. it. Yeah, yeah making it. of course. Yeah. Because again, going back to, like I said, four years ago and even now, um, 
you know, when all this coronavirus stuff started happening and we had to cancel events, of course that was scary, but then the next day you're already like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Got to have about, progressions and regressions. Yeah. And that's, you know, you can't be blockbuster. You got to figure Ooh, out. <laughs> you did listen at one of the apprenticeships. We were talking about guys, go back uh, side note, listen to this story about blockbuster and Netflix. Keep going. I don't yeah. want to interrupt you. So you just always have to keep evolving and you're amazing at that and taking existing things and just tweaking them a little bit so it keeps getting better and turning it into new resources for people or podcasts or YouTube video. You know, we're just always on to the next thing. So I don't, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx us here, but, but yeah, I don't, it's, while it is scary and stressful. We have a good community building. Yeah. You know, I would say, I would say if this was still two years ago where there were certain people that wanted to fight so bad this trend to communication and the human side and people getting mad because I was quote unquote too young to do this and whatever. I, you know, it'd be interesting because you just don't like there's other markets that invest in us on the corporate military side, but you kind of wondered if your own, right, and mm-hmm. our own being the sports performance industry was just going to turn our back on us. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're seeing that that's not happening. Yeah. We're starting to see more and more people in the, in the pro sports side and whatever being like, oh, I almost feel like, I'll be honest with you, I almost feel like there were some people waiting to see what we were going to become. Oh, yeah, there always is. No, but I mean, there there were some people, I mean, you know this, even though you, I'm more conspiracy theorist on this front. (laughs) I mean, be honest, were there some times where you started wondering like, all right, maybe, maybe there are a lot of people kind of rooting for this thing to fail? Because you, you know, firsthand some people that tried Mm -hmm. getting in our way and you had to be a little Claire Underwood, which, you know, (laughs) you're a lot more, uh, you're a lot less Claire Underwood the majority of the time and a lot more what, how would you define yourself? TV character. Nope. You don't get off that easily. TV character. Yeah. What would be your archetype? Everybody knows Claire Underwood, House of Cards, right? That's always what I tried to mold you into. And somebody would try to kind of, I'd be like, hey, I need Claire Underwood here because he's. I mean, I'm clearly Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. There you go. (laughs) Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Well, you know, this is something is that, is that the route you wanted this yeah, to go. Yeah, I, th- I think that route. Is- well, okay, so I'll take take it back, and I'll go back to answering your question. So, five to ten years from now, I I have no idea because if you would ask me five years ago where this we would have been what do right you now, think? that's the key. I right? I see the communication continuing to grow. I feel but better. Like- that's the main. That's that's what we do. Yes. Okay. I'm going to stop answering your Big eye roll. Big eye roll. <laughs> Cue the eye roll. Um, but I mean, just like I talked about with the apprenticeships, I feel like that's really going to take off and how it is going into other, like we've had our neighbor um, say, oh, you should really get this into the police force and get, oh, we should get this here with our company Mm -hmm. and just growing. And they are. Yeah. Yeah. Telehealth and all these Mm -hmm. other things. So what would you say to somebody though, that are listening right now? And we have, we have a variety of folks listening that are thinking about going this route. Like, and and we've had people that are in still in kind of, everybody's in tough situations, right? There's people that or maybe where you were before you moved on, still trying to make this thing work, chasing these jobs, not not seeing much through. I want something you'd tell that person. And then I want something you'd tell the individual that is now like looking towards making a move and is freaked out because they don't know the impact it could have on a marriage. They don't know the impact. I mean, again, you you joined this company the same year we had a kid. 
the same year we had a pandemic, mm-hmm. right? The same year we've now lost both of our dogs mm-hmm. with, you know, like a hard time just this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, what advice would you give those two divergent spectrums? One that's staying the course and one that's thinking about taking a new one. I, I mean, I guess I'd start with you have to make sure you know yourself and where you're at, what your goals are, what are you wanting from job X or company Y? Um, because if you're just always like, if I would have just taken this job to help you or be there for you, then that wouldn't have worked. It was something that I wanted to do. And we seriously looked at, you know, what the job would entail and, um, if that would work. So you always have to start with yourself and then go from there. Love it. Well, listen, guys, this, uh, this is, um, a special episode for us. And, you know, admittedly, we wanted to let you guys in enough because many of you are becoming our family, whether you're somebody that just bought conscious coaching, somebody that's religiously started listening to this podcast, uh, whatever field you're in, whatever you're doing, whether you've taken our courses or, you know, anything like that, you know, we really did want to let you in. And this was kind of when we thought about the hundredth episode, we didn't want to be about some topic. We wanted it to be about the process of evolving and struggling and you know, it's, this is hard. I'll be honest. Like, cause again, we are still private people, right? Like, um, yeah, we debated if we should do this. Episode. Do th- yeah. And cause we're not perfect. We're not always great communicators. We're not always, at all, you know, but that's so. the fun of it, right? Is right. you put those things in there. We don't have, uh, we talked about like, we don't have a perfect marriage who does yeah. well, like we're still learning and it's interesting. It's just so many people are scared to share or show anything, but then I don't know how you grow, Yeah. right? Like we talked about where our business might be in five to 10 years. We don't know where our marriage will be in five to 10 years, but we know we'll try. Mm-hmm. We know that you have to try in, in anything. And so we appreciate you guys just letting us in uh, to your home. We appreciate you uh, coming into ours and supporting us. And, and hopefully you got to know a little bit more about Liz, AKA Wonder Woman <laughs> affirmation. Liz. Uh, I'm going to regret saying that. Yeah, if you guys have enjoyed it, we hope that you sure, you know, let us know in the podcast community we have in Facebook. If Facebook's not your thing, we'd really love for you to join our newsletter. Listen, we only put out stuff bi-monthly um, unless it's like a sale or a special deal. And, and then remember, you know, just our way of giving back on the century episode is century 20. That's two zero. We'll get you a 20% discount on either bought in or valued. Um, and that is through July 15th, 2020. And, you know, guys, like, listen, we're, uh, we're a small business and we're a family owned business and we appreciate all of you. You know, we're trying to do something good here. We'll never be perfect. I don't care when you're listening to this, even if, you know, we live in cancel culture now. So if somebody 20, 30 years ago is going through this, like some people go through old tweets, guess what? We, uh, we just believe in being the man and woman in the arena. That's all it is. And we, we believe that it's better to put yourselves out there. So Liz, any last words of wisdom you want to share with these guys? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I talked a lot about the apprenticeships and the mentoring program, but, you know, mentioning the courses again, I mean, this all started with conscious coaching, which is really about communication and then bought in is really the next step to that. And so I feel like you have a whole ecosystem of stuff that um, if people dive in, they can really get a lot out of all your resources. Look at that. And the girl, she, she said she doesn't know how to sell. (laughs) I was, I was hoping for Liz to take it more into the uh, sentimental take home (laughs) where everybody could be like, Oh, we love her. 
All right, so instead, I'll wrap it up with this sentimental piece. Guys, I appreciate all of you listening. And Liz, I'm putting it on record. I appreciate you, and I love you. I love you, too. Guys, until next time, this has been the Art of Coaching Podcast, episode 100. Thank you for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon.